everybody. This is the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rossi, back hosting for the first time in a while, which is, you know, really cool. I'm glad to be back doing this, even though I, I've been here for the past few weeks while Ann Stickney, my co-host, has been taking the job, and she's been doing an amazing job of it. Say hi, Ann. Hi, Ann. I'm cold. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Here's where we usually, uh, where I used to ask you what you've been doing in games, so I'll do that now because I'm trying to remember. It's kind of like, oh wow, what did I do here? Oh lord, yeah. So, what have you been doing in game? Well, we have new stuff because the new patch just came out. So that's what mainly what I've been doing in game. Beyond that, though, um, I've been playing Bioshock Infinite, which I haven't played before. And played it at all. Right. Well, maybe. Well, I don't know if you'd like it or not, because it's a first-person shooter. That's the only thing that's really difficult for me to get um, used to, because I am not a first-person shooter player. I never have been. Um, I play a lot better when I can actually see my character, (laughs) as opposed to just looking through their eyes at things. It gets a little bit disconcerting. However, Infinite is a really, really pretty game, and the story is really, really interesting. Um, I streamed part of it and then I did a second stream last Friday and the second stream um, I started earlier with the intent that you know I would go to bed at a reasonable hour and uh, I it sucked me in to the point where I went to take a break and when I went to take a break I looked at the clock and went wow it's 2 a.m. I have to go (laughs) sleep what is that (laughs) I haven't finished it yet um, I do plan on finishing it all on stream, and you know I've been streaming throughout the process. I know I knew nothing about this game going in. I'm still kind of confused on a few points, but uh, it's a really good story. I'm I'm actually really enjoying it, and um, I've never played any of the Bioshock games before, so I wasn't aware that they had so much in the way of depth of story. And now I'm kind of thinking, well, gosh, maybe I should go play the other ones too because I haven't done that. So I don't yeah, know. I, I'm I would I'm told that Bioshock, the original Bioshock, is a good way to start. Just play the first one. Yeah. But since you've already started Infinite, that's too late. So well, I got Infinite. What, what I was doing was I figured I have this backlog pile of games in on Steam that I got through various holiday sales that I have not played. So I figured, why don't I go ahead and tackle one of those and see what's up with it. So I think I got Bioshock Infinite, I think I got it for like maybe 10 bucks. It might even have been less than that during either the summer sale or the winter sale. Um, I just snapped it up because somebody was like, you should get that. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is like pennies. I'm going to go ahead and pick it up. So I went ahead and picked it up. Um, I don't have, I think there's DLC for it, but I don't have the DLC. So I just have the main game. So I'm going to finish that. And then I'm probably going to move on to something else that's in my pile of things to play. And I might swap it up and just do something wacky and fun like Monkey Island or something. Because I have those. (laughs) Cool, cool. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. I just I was just sidetracked briefly by some somebody whispering me in game, screaming, "What the heck is that mount?" In all caps. So I was like, "Oh, oh uh, yeah, it's a crawlisk mount." Sorry. Uh, apparently, I freaked somebody out. Sorry. If you're watching the stream, you get to see that. Uh, we should probably talk about patch 8.1.5 since, as we pointed out, it's it's out right now. Uh, I'm tooling around the stream on a Kaltiris human because I got them unlocked right away. Um, I'm actually still that... kind of working on the other on the Zandalar on my Torin. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I've, See, I've I haven't started leveling for that purpose. 
I haven't gone through the unlock stuff yet. Um, what I have done is I've gone through the follow-up to the war campaign stuff that's been going on because that's fascinating. And I feel like we should throw... Um, a warning out there like a spoiler warning we are going to be talking about like the stuff that just came out in 8.1.5 yesterday so if yeah. you haven't done that stuff yet maybe turn off the podcast hopping game do that real quick it shouldn't take you really very long i went through and i did all the quests and things and i think it took me like maybe an hour if that yeah if you're up to the if you're up to date on the war campaign it'll it'll start immediately you'll get yeah. the quest when you log in and it'll you'll be ready to go yeah, but um, if you haven't done that yet, maybe hit pause on the podcast, go do that real quick, and then come back, because we will be talking about it a little bit. Um, not super in-depth. I'm saving the super in-depth for Lore Watch, because the next episode of Lore Watch is going to be great! <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, that's two weeks away, so yeah. we've got to talk about this Yeah, now. yeah. Uh, speaking of right, which, well, though, uh, the, the, Lore Watch we, uh, the Lore Watch that we just recorded on Sunday... That one's coming out next Monday for like distribution on all of the podcast channels and everything. Um, I really recommend people check out that one because oh my gosh, did I ever have fun recording that one? And we got a, we talked about a lot of stuff. It was really good. Anyway, sorry. Moving on. Go ahead, Rossi. Uh, basically, uh, I think the thing that Anne was referring to when we were talking about spoilers uh, in in eight one five, we get a bit more of the story um, between Alliance and Horde, and what we get is a cutscene that involves Jaina Proudmore. And Matthias Shaw, although he doesn't do anything, um, on the Alliance side, and Bane Bloodhoof on the Horde side, and, and also a special mystery guest. Um, can we just we can tell people who it is, right? Because we well, yeah. Away. If you've been playing through the war campaign on Horde side and even on Alliance side, I think they've referred to it um, throughout the course of the war campaign. The Horde found and retrieved the body of Derek Proudmore. Derek Proudmore is Jaina's older brother. He's the one that died in the Second War. Um, Basically, he was piloting uh, a, or captaining a fleet of ships that came across orcs that were on the backs of red dragons at the time and, yeah, died terribly. And part of the reason Dalen had like that seething hatred for the Horde was because they killed his son. I mean, yep. there was also the fact that they were, you know, just rampaging over the country and the landscape and, and making everybody's lives miserable. But the fact that they killed his his firstborn son, his eldest son, that was a big factor. Um, so yeah, the Horde took the body of Dalen Proudmore, and then Sylvanas... Without, yeah, Sylvanas took it. She was going to raise him. She mm -hmm. did raise him, essentially. I, I just want to point out, if you are playing Horde, again, somewhat spoilers here, but Bane isn't down with this, with Sylvanas's plan. He's He's not... For all that, you know, he is not He's not like pro alliance. He's not like you know raw raw alliance. But there's things you don't do. You know you don't go find someone's relatives and use them as a weapon to kill them. Well, and you I think don't... part of it too, it wasn't just that, although that did have a great deal to do with it. Because you look at the Torin in general, and you look at the Torin and how they handled death, like how they handled Karen's death, and and you know there's a certain reverence that you have for the dead when you're a Torin, and Sylvanas. And what Sylvanas does kind of flies in the face of all of that. But beyond that, you're also looking at somebody who's related to Jaina Proudmore. And Jaina was kind to Bane and took him in when Thunder Bluff was being overthrown and, and yeah, helped he, him he out. That. Yeah, he, yeah, he even references that in the cinematic. Yeah. 
know, they have the meeting off that's, the coast of Theramore. That's yeah. how Andwin and Bane first met. Was they Bane w- had had gone to Jaina for help, and was staying with Jaina at the time, and then Andwin showed up because he happened to have a Hearthstone that was tied to Theramore, and he showed up and ran into Bane, and then the two of them started talking and comparing notes, and that's that's how the two of them first met. So it's not just the fact that Sylvanas is doing these questionable things with, you know, people that are long dead and kind of dishonoring them as far as that goes. It's also the fact that this involves one of the few Alliance people that was kind to Bane when he needed it the most. So, yeah. It's a really, I mean, if you haven't seen the cinematic yet, you really, as Anne pointed out before, you should go do those quests. Um, I I watched the cinematic beforehand because I don't mind being spoiled. And I'm, you know, this is one of the times I'm actually glad I did. Uh, this is an amazing cinematic. Uh, there's a lot going on in it, emotionally speaking. I'm not going to give you a point, a play-by-play of it, but definitely go watch it. Laura Bailey does an amazing job. Um, she, she's been doing an amazing job on Jaina this entire expansion. There were some really powerful Jaina lines that were delivered in that cinematic. And, and the whole thing about it, uh, this is kind of one of those turning points, and it's an important turning point. And I, it... Yeah. It They're was really good, good, you guys. <laughs> They're doing a good job with something they haven't always done a good job with, uh, which is portray her anger as reasonable and rational, not just she's crazy, angry, and out of control. This is a person whose reaction was, was furious. She was furious, but she wasn't unreasonable in it. When it became clear things were not quite what she thought they were, she stopped and took in what was happening. She didn't fly off the handle. She didn't go into a, a, into a mindless rage. She was incredibly angry, and you could see it. It was very well conveyed, both by the you know the cinematic team did an amazing job, and the acting was on point. But she's rational in it. When when things are presented to her in a specific way, she stops and she takes it in. And she's the one who points out to Bane the consequences of what he's done. You know, that's is... the thing is like I think that was kind of the turning point for her too because it wasn't just it wasn't just the explanation that was given and it wasn't it wasn't just that it was her coming to terms with whoa Bane just really laid everything on the line here for me this is there's something bigger going on here on the Horde side that I'm not that maybe we're, we need to learn more about there's there's more going on here. There are fractures. Yeah. And I want to actually, we haven't said much about him over the years, but Jameson Price, who does the voice for Bane Bloodhoof, I think he might have done the voice for Karen too, but I'm not sure. He's so good. This this is incredible. This is the best this character has ever been played. Um, he's just he's quiet. He never once attempts to use the, the, you know, he's got a voice that could overwhelm the situation. He's a huge, you know, he's a huge Torin. He's got an incredibly deep voice. He could project it. He doesn't. He's quiet. He uses, he's, the space is very, he knows exactly what he is saying. He knows the consequences of his actions and he puts it out there. Just this really well done. It makes those moments where he does get angry and he does speak out and he does like raise his voice it makes them 10 times more impactful because of that honestly yeah in this particular case though like what he does with quiet is to be seen you you really should watch this um there's more going on with bane after though uh do, we should talk about that too right what happens to Bane after i don't know if that's actually available yet 
It is. I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, so I don't want, really want to talk about it because I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm not super okay. familiar with it. Um, Bane's story there is here. Here's the thing. This is this is the only thing that I don't like about what's going on right now. After you finish this whole story moment stuff, right? You're given a mission to do on the mission table, and it's like a two day mission. And you can shorten it back up if you have heroes that have the thing that'll like reduce the length of time of a mission. But you can't actually progress in the story until that mission is complete. So it's basically, here's a chunk of story. Okay, now send some dudes out to do something and sit there and twiddle your thumbs and wait. And then you'll get more. And I don't, I don't like, I don't like that. <laughs> it's 24 hours. Excuse me. Okay, Sage Time just corrected me in the chat channel. Sorry about that. It's a 24-hour mission. Um, on Alliance side, I managed to shorten it down to, I think, 12 hours because I had two characters who could reduce the length of time of a mission by like 50%. On the Horde side, I could only take it down to... I I, I, I couldn't take it down any less. Um, and it was really kind of annoying because it's like, you give us this great chunk of story and the first thing I want to do is go find out what's more with it and then I can't do that because I have to wait for something to happen that I'm not even witnessing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I understand. Uh, for me, if something's more than 24 hours, I set it and forget it, which is one of those things that it is kind of irritating when you're trying to, uh, you, like, okay, what is, what happens to Bane now? Oh, I'm going to have to wait till tomorrow? Okay, whatever. Yeah, so yeah, it's I, like... I spent most of yesterday. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of... I don't like when the mission table is tied to story elements. I find it kind of irritating when the mission table is tied to story elements because there is nothing particularly impactful about the mission table. Now, keep in mind that they have tried to kind of throw lore tidbits in there. Like, if you if you queue up for missions, the missions have little descriptions, and the descriptions let you know what's going on in the rest of the world, like who's got the upper hand where, and, and where the Alliance is controlling the situation, where the Horde is controlling the situation. So if you pay attention to it, you kind of get a better idea of like the big picture of where the world is sitting right now as far as like Azeroth and what's Horde territory, what's Alliance territory, where the troop movements are at and that kind of thing. But it's not really, it's not active. It's like this passive way of, of introducing lore information and I don't care for it. Particularly it. when we get moments like we just got with this whole cinematic and with the quests that are going on and that kind of thing. Those are where you're playing a very active role. Um, I don't like yeah. passive lore. I don't like just sitting there and reading something necessarily. At one point in time, I was super content with that because that was all we had. But now that they've got so many tools out there available to make this more like an active process... I don't understand why they're hanging on to the mission table and trying to make it. I don't know. See, I, I, they did it better in Legion at some points because at first it was just as bad. Like I remember doing the, the, the warrior class hall campaign and there were times where like, okay, now you'll be waiting two days until this mission completes. And I'd be like, Oh my God, oh, yeah. I just want to find out what happened to, but they, they, they realized, okay, we need to make these shorter. Like I remember when I was doing the paladin ones, some of them were like, you know, three hours. And that's, you know, that's tolerable. I get why you're, what you're saying about it, but I do think there's a place for stuff you read and just stuff, little little bits that flesh in details. I don't mind them, but 
I do think it's annoying when you, you basically know that you're going to get more story once this timer counts down. That's that because that's all that is. The time it's like is. an arbitrary timer, and I don't understand the whole arbitrary timer aspect of it. Why are you putting that there? What's the, the point of that? It's just an artificial there. delay. That's all it is. They, they did that in the past, and it worked. The Mist of Pandaria, they did that with the um the the shield. I forget what it was called, but it was the the Horde and Alliance, the Dominance Offensive Operation something. Operation stuff. Shield Wall and Dominance Offensive. Yeah, yeah. where they, you had to come had... back the next day. Yeah, they had timers, but since they weren't, like, you didn't know that there was a timer. You just knew that more stuff would show up eventually, and you didn't know exactly when. That was fine. It didn't, wasn't as bothersome. I think when you know that it's this mission, and you might fail the mission, although you probably won't, but you might. That, I don't know. But I want to get back to one more thing before we move on, because a lot more stuff did happen. Uh, but yeah. Bane in this scene shows you that there are people in the Horde who are not Sorfang who know that the Horde is on the wrong path. Here's a cool thing, and I don't know if you've noticed this or if you've played your Torrent enough to notice this or get to this point. Um, if you are a Horde player and you've played through the war campaign up to this point, if you haven't, you should be talking to the NPCs that are around the ship, um, particularly the representatives for the various allied races of the Horde, because... They all have question options now where you can ask them, hey, how do you feel about what's going on with this whole Derek Proudmore thing? And they will give you your their input on it. And it kind of opens your eyes a little bit and gives you a better idea of where everybody is sitting in terms of are they comfortable with what Sylvanas is doing or are they not? Um, Bane's been very vocal about it in kind of a sur- surreptitious kind of way. But he's he's been more active. Like, he interacts with you as the hero, the champion, whatever. And um, you get a very clear picture with him. But you don't necessarily get that same kind of picture with, like, eh, you know, the Nightborn representative. But if you go talk to her, she will fill you in on what she thinks about what's going on. Um, same thing with, you know, Gallywix. If you go talk to Gallywix, he'll give you his opinion on what's going on. It's It's interesting. Um, and I like that they're slipping these little things in here and there. You know what I mean? Anyway, go ahead with the Bane thing. Well, no, I was just saying, I, I think it's interesting that you get to see like that. You, we were told, we've been told for a while that that was the case, that this was like, there was that faction in the Horde. We didn't get to see it very much until now. But um, I do think we should move on to some other stuff because there is more stuff to talk about. Uh, you, you had mentioned it before when we were first talking about the pre-show. Um, the Brawler's Guild is back. Yes. They finally brought Brawler's Guild back. I haven't gone in, but I'm on my way by. I was running this character that I'm playing on the stream by, and I got a Brawler's Guild coin just for being in the area. So that happened. Uh, you you want to talk about the Brawler's Guild some because you, you actually do it at the end of every uh Yeah, expansion. the Brawler's so. Guild, to, do, to participate in the Brawler's Guild, you need um, a Brawler's Pass or a Blood-Soaked Invitation. These things drop off of a wide variety of mobs and things. Um, and I think they've been updated. You still need one of them to gain initial admittance to the place. Um, you can only use them if you're level 120. So this is max level alternative content is, is what the Brawler's Guild is. And if you've never participated in the Brawler's Guild, essentially what it boils down to is these are a bunch of solo challenges. You queue up and you fight a difficult boss one-on-one and you usually have to utilize just about everything in your toolkit um, to figure out 
how to defeat this thing and each each of the bosses has like their own little tricks that they pull um, and you have to figure out how to kind of counter those tricks. I love the Brawlers Guild. I think it's a super fun alternate solo content kind of experience thing. Um, when you win a match, you will get gold. You can use that to get a bunch of different things. There's there's a bunch of different new stuff available now. There's, I believe there is a transmog. It's like a, a cosmetic appearance set that you can get for participating in the Brawlers Guild. Um, they also have Bruce. And Bruce is a new mount. Uh, Bruce is also one of the original challengers from the like the first iteration of the Brawlers Guild way back in, was that Cataclysm? I want to say it was Cataclysm that the Brawlers Guild was first introduced. Yeah, I think so, yeah. If not Cataclysm, if not Cataclysm, then Mists. No, it was Cataclysm. I'm pretty sure it was Cataclysm. I remember, I remember they kept doing it in Mists because that's when the they had the gloves. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely Cataclysm because they had the gloves. No, no, no. no, no. The gloves, They're saying the fist weapon. Maybe it was Mists of Pandaria. I just remember those fist weapons um, that they were heirloom fist weapons. Yeah. And they were the same ones that they put on, oh, what's his name? Uh, Crowley. When Crowley in Worgen form, when you saw him in, in uh, Shadow Moon, Sigmund Fritzgau. Sigmund Fritzgau is saying in the chat channel that Miss was the first season because it had the Mushan mount. And I think he's correct because I have the Mushan. Um, and I and I completed season one like before the expansion was out. So yeah, I, I'm thinking it was Miss of Pandaria when that first came out. But it's basically alternative content. Like if if you don't really want to, you know, do any PVE stuff, or or you're not really intrigued by the idea of dipping your toe any further into raiding, or you know, you're just looking for something to do just to kind of you know kill some time. The Brawler's Guild is this really fun way to just go challenge yourself. And since it's a solo challenge, you aren't really depending on anybody else. It's your skills and how you handle each of these individual encounters. You're the only determining factor on whether or not you're successful in this or not. Um, Yeah, it's sort of kind of similar to the way the Mage Tower worked last expansion, uh, except it's, it's slightly different. It's not as intense. But it, it is that kind of thing. It's just you I think the versus cool thing, the encounter. Yeah, I think the cool thing about it is, um, okay, so the Brawler's Guild, there's there's one in Orgrimmar, there's one in Stormwind. Technically Stormwind, but you have to go into, um, oh my gosh, the tram. The, the, deep run, run tram yeah. the Deep Run Tram on the Stormwind side, and it's down there in that first area. Uh, it's down below that area. In Orgrimmar, it's back in the Valley of Honor, if I remember correctly, all the way in the back of Orgrimmar. Um, the cool part about it, though, is that there are other people there. It's not... I think the thing that made the Mage Tower feel kind of intimidating is because it was just you all on your own, and there was nobody with you. It was just you. With the Brawler's Guild, it's you, but... When you're not actively participating, you can also spectate and watch other people attempt these challenges down below. Like, you can see people as they're doing it, and when you queue up, everybody goes through in turn, and you can kind of... And if if you keep an eye on people, you can see what their strategies are and kind of try and incorporate those into what you're currently trying to do to beat this challenge, that kind of thing. Um, and there's kind of this... It's this odd sense of camaraderie, I guess, almost. 
everybody's really nice to each other. <laughs> and maybe that's just my server because I'm on an RP server. So like everybody's usually pretty supportive and chill anyway. I don't know how it works on a PvP server or just like a normal server as opposed to an RP server. But everybody seems to be like... When you go in there, people are going in there to have a good time. And everybody's always cheering everybody else on. And it's just a lot of fun. It's it's one of those really fun things that I like to do. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get into the Brawler's Guild right away. But I was talking in the pre-show and I was saying, this is one of those things that I like to do when an expansion is winding down. And there's not a lot of new content to do. That's when I duck into this solo stuff, like pet battles, pet battle achievements, the Brawler's Guild, that kind of thing. I duck into that once I've run out of things to do. It's never high on my priority list, but it's always a really fun time. So, yeah, it's back. Go play it. Get yourself a Bruce. Yeah, um, well, the stuff that's new in 815, uh, something I... I, I wrote about this morning, just realized that should, we should probably cover is they've introduced new um, heirloom upgrade items. The battle, the battle hardened heirloom armor piece and the battle hardened heirloom um, scabbard, which basically are both ten tongue twisters for me right now. Cause I just bit my tongue really hard. So it's like, ah, <laughs> but um, both of these items will upgrade your heirlooms to 120. So if you want to keep, so in other words, right. It's for all. So if you want to keep running right until you hit max level, they will it. work all the way up to 120 as long as you purchase this. How much are they? The uh, the scabbard is 750 to get you from the last level, like which is you know, the legion pieces, to get you all the way up to max level. It's 7,500 7, gold. And the uh, the armor casing is 5,000 gold. But again, this is to take you from 110 to 120. So you have to so already have So these are not your... cheap. No, these are not cheap. I, Mitch and I were doing this this morning because I wrote the article and Mitch was going over it. Uh, in order to just completely upgrade a set of, of heirlooms, just one, like, you know, if you say you want to take your, your plate heirlooms, all of them, like, so you have one for head, shoulders, chest, legs, uh, your couple trinkets, and the cape. If you wanted to do the, just that, that's you're looking at 5,000 per, so it's 5,000 times 7. You're looking at 35,000 gold um, just for that. And that's just for ones that are at 110 already? Yes. That's all. Okay. You have to already have them at 110 already. Uh, the pieces only work on 110 pieces. So if you are if you wanted to get all of your heirlooms, like if you're an, a completionist and you want absolutely every heirloom you have to be up to 120, you are looking at possibly a couple hundred thousand gold. Uh, also, depending on where your heirlooms are and if you even have the heirlooms, because, you you know, if you don't have them, you have to get them. So there's there's that. But yeah, it's... It's not cheap. Um, even if you're just, you know, well, my alt's going to be a druid because my alt's always this druid. I always level that one like last. So I know I just need to do the leather pieces and a cape. Uh, you're still looking at like, you know, you're looking at 30,000, 40,000 gold. Um, if you do a weapon, of course, it's another 7,000. If you do wield, that's, you know, 15,000. And again, this assumes you already had your heirlooms. If you do max. wield, it's 14, isn't it? Oh, no, 7,500. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so 15. So, yeah. And, and again, it is. this is assuming you've already got them to 110. You already put your heirlooms up to the Legion level. If you didn't do that for whatever reason, um, then you'd have to get them up to Legion level first. And I believe the price there is like 2,000 for the armor casing and 3,500 for the weapon to get them to like max Legion level, the 110. Uh, that's just me. That's just memory. I don't know if I'm actually right. But, it's a substantial chunk of change. Yeah, but now you can do it. Um, there is one wrinkle to this, though. 
Uh, if you that? leveled, if you leveled in Battle for Azeroth, you start getting Azerite pieces almost immediately. Yeah. Like you get Azerite shoulders before you even go to the new continent. I remember my Tauren got you get your Azerite shoulders. Like you do the Heart of Azeroth, you get the Azerite shoulders, and then you're like, okay, we need to make allies. That's when they send you to to go find Talanji. You haven't even found Talanji yet. Yeah. And you get the shoulders. So you're you're gonna get Azerite shoulders right away, and then you're gonna get Azerite helm and Azerite chest fairly quickly. Well, so I think you get to pick, don't you? You get to pick whether you want the shoulders or you want the chest or yeah. you want. Yeah. Yes, you do. So it's you get what I. You get I one piece. Of, you but, get one piece yeah. of Azerite gear like right at the onset of everything. And you get the others fairly quickly as you quest through whatever zone you're in. Like they, the you get Azerite pieces fairly quickly, and you level like from 110 to 120 with them. Which is, means that they work with the, the power of the necklace, and you, you're you're getting Azerite power as you level, and it's making you stronger as you level. Or you use heirlooms, then you don't get that. You just you're get the XP boost. That's it. Yeah, you're basically. It's the decision here is: Do I want an additional thirty percent more XP, or do I want my Azerite pieces leveling up? Because the 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 leveling is calculated around Azerite. And the Azerite pieces are fairly strong, so it it's it's a, it's a bit more of a balancing act than it usually is. My personal feeling, having not done this yet, is that the the heirlooms will get you through faster, and since they scale as you level up, um, you won't really miss the Azerite too much unless you had you just happen to have a really great Azerite pieces. But to my memory, the Azerite pieces leveling up weren't that great. It wasn't. I don't know. Started... I thought that they had like. And I'm speaking as a rogue here, but I thought that they had some really useful bonuses on them that actually... See, it, it's kind of like a trade-off. It's like, do you want the faster XP, or do you want to be more effective and maybe kill things faster? Yeah, exactly. I that's, guess that's, that's where the trade-off is there. Um, I don't think it takes, like... It's a like, we haven't had before, Yeah, what I'm saying. And I don't, I don't think it takes, like, super long to level anyway, even if you don't have the heirloom gear... Going from one hundred or one ten to one twenty, I mean, I didn't think that it took very long. On first, first time I did it, I really felt character. it on the first character. Yeah, the first but... character, it took an extended period of time, but that's because I was literally finishing every quest in every zone, and so that was my doing. Not so much the leveling process; it was I was being very careful about reading everything and taking my time and absorbing all of the lore. So it took longer. But on my second character, you know, the second run through, it I didn't bother reading anything. I was just like boop 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 and it didn't really it didn't feel like it took me very long. I, I don't definitely know. don't think it's I don't think it's an onerous process, but then again I didn't think the Legion one was either and people still wanted heirlooms for that. So if if you're feeling like if you have a ton of alts and you just want to get this process down faster, heirlooms you can, might you can be do the way to now. go. You, yeah. You can get heirlooms. If you have like the ring and so forth, you can get up to fifty percent more XP. Um, is it still capped uh, at 50% for bonus XP? Yeah, okay. That's the most you can get. It's 45% if you don't have the ring. Okay. And the ring doesn't... I don't think the ring works with the armor casing. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure on this. The armor casing doesn't... When it, you read out the description, it talks about armor, shields, offhand items, uh, and trinkets. Talk, but it, it does not talk say about rings, rings or necklaces. And there's necklaces now, too. The necklaces... Um, that's true. Yeah, they, it does not mention them either. And so 
Well, you aren't going to use a necklace in Battle for Azeroth no. anyway, because you have no. your Azerite necklace, and that just kind of fills that slot. So, so basically, it, it's a nice thing they put in. It is certainly not cheap. Uh, it, it's definitely not a situation where they're trying to make this like you know cost effective. They they did drop the price substantially from the PTR. Um, on the PTR, I think the the, the armor casing was something like twenty five thousand gold. It was a ridiculous the, amount of gold. Yeah. Like people it, were talking like, about it because it was way overpriced. And so it's much more reasonable now than it was. Uh, it's still very high though. I, I think that having to just getting one set of gear, like one set of heirlooms up to, to like, you know, 120 is going to cost you 35, 40,000 gold. And that's not including weapons. I mean, like if you start, if you're a dual wielder, the, the, the extra 15,000 gold there to do your, like, so if you're leveling your rogue, uh, or your shaman, you're you're looking at fifty. You know, there's a lot of gold involved in this. It's not cheap, and that's you know, do you do you have more than one alt? Because they, they probably don't all wear the same armor type, so you're not going to get away with wearing the same armor. I mean, you can. I, I leveled my uh, I leveled one of my druids in cloth uh, for a long time because I had cloth heirlooms. So it's not the I, most effective route, though. No, it's not. It really it is, isn't. It is you will die a lot. I gave up and started wearing the greens because I was like, yeah, this isn't working. I mean, I'm getting more XP, but I'm dying constantly. Uh, I went actually went Moonkin a little while in that way. It worked okay because, you know, you're a caster. But they, they had arm, they've had armor specialization in the game for a long time, so I was losing out on stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they exist. They're here now. Uh, if you are the type to use heirlooms, they're pretty cool if that's your kind of thing. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly if I'm going to bother. Like I, I'm just going to be honest here. I don't think this is something I care about that much. I, I honestly felt like Legion. I didn't get the heirlooms upgraded for Legion. I didn't use them. My alts who went through Legion just went through Legion. You'll hit you'll hit max level, especially once they put in like the uh, the Legion. The, stuff. Yeah, the Legion yeah. invasions. And right now we have incursions, and I'm pretty sure incursions do solid XP as well. Maybe not as good as the invasions, but still I don't think good. it's quite as much as we were getting with the Legion invasions, but it's pretty up there. I mean, you do get you do get a, a good chunk. There's a good chunk available for doing those. Um, they aren't as I don't think that they're quite as frequent. I feel like they're not quite as frequent as the Legion invasions, and I feel like there's. It's less XP than the Legion invasions were, but that could just be me, and it might actually be the same number. It just doesn't feel the same. I don't know. Um, yeah. I do know that I had more than one alt that I took through Legion, and I got to max level in Legion specifically because I would log on to that alt whenever there was an invasion up and go do the invasions, and I, I gained a lot that way. I think... I think most of my alts, I did like maybe one full zone and half of another one, and then the rest of it was all invasions. Didn't you do Valshara on all of them? I think because you I think almost all of them. Yeah, I think almost all of them. I did Valshara because you you need the the tier of a loon for later quest stuff. So that's why I did it, and also because Valshara is really pretty. It's still really pretty. I like the greenery. <laughs> Not so much Malfurion's presence. Um. Still, still cringe every time I hear the no because it's just, just way over the top. See, but I gotta say this: I gotta make this complaint. Um, I, I, I like what they've done with Malfurion in this expansion, 
but I feel like when they were writing the new Warfront, no one told the people involved in the Warfront that they made Alfurian gruff and edgy now. Because he still sounds like old Malfurion going, well, no, no, the new tree isn't. It's like, no, dude, you're you're mean and hard now. You 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 drag people underground and tell people you're coming. You you need to not sound like we're like the nature camp guidance counselor here. You gotta you gotta gruff it up. Um, I definitely think that that's he's. They need to work. I want to. I want to. Yeah, I want to hear some angry out of Malfurion's voice actor. Like I just I want to hear some. You I want to hear some mean. Yeah, like, I want to yeah. hear some like super mean on Adam Alfurian. I think it'd be great. But yeah, okay. Um, speaking of things, yeah. Okay, speaking cool. of He's things up. that were expensive, but they aren't as expensive anymore. See, I'm segueing. Uh, I'm doing a good segue. Is that a good segue? I think that's a good yes. segue. Hey, we have Zandalari, and we have Cold Tyrans now. And if you have a character that you want to make either one of those things, Blizzard has very conveniently put those services on sale for 30% off, which is kind of nice. Um, still expensive. It's it's not a cheap process, but if you want to swap one of your existing characters to become a Colteran or a Zandalari, keep in mind that you have to unlock the allied race before you can make that race change to them but once you've done that i believe the race changes and character transfers are 1750 faction changes if you want to swap factions it's 21 dollars um keep in mind i can't confirm or deny this because that she's saying u.s funds and it automatically converts to whatever the country you're you're in funds are so i see it in canadian funds oh do you but yeah it's yeah it automatically converts on all systems oh okay yeah i I don't i I don't know exactly what it is. I just know it's different because it's more expensive up here just because our dollar isn't as strong. But yeah, yeah it's, it's 30% off. It's 30% off in the EU. It's 30% off everywhere. And um, this is just for race changes, character transfers, and faction changes. Um, faction changes, obviously, if you want to go Horde to Alliance, you can go ahead and do that. Race changes are specifically, I mean, you know they did this because people wanted to be. Yeah, I mean, they wanted to be druids. I mean, come on. They wanted to be a new Zandalar troll, or they wanted to be a new Colterian human, <laughs> but they didn't want yeah. to level from 20 up. So it's kind of nice that they decided to put this on sale. The character transfer thing is because there's another thing that happened in 8.1.5. You can have all 50 of your characters on one realm now. They just took that whole limit of characters that you can have on a single realm and boop, got rid of it. It is still a max of 50 characters per account. So if you want more than 50 characters, I don't know why, but if you do, you still have to purchase a secondary World of Warcraft license to do that. But Look, there's three warrior specs. Uh-huh. And there's like what? How many races are we up to now? 16? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, so, with the allied I mean, races, have, we have so many more. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, if I want to have a warrior of every race and I want to have warriors of every spec for every race, I need more than 50. And I mean, come on, it's just math. But yeah, if you want to go ahead and put some of your characters that might be on separate realms, if you want to move them to your home realm, whatever that happens to be, or you want to kind of consolidate everybody, uh, they went ahead and did a 30% discount on that service too. So it's 1750 to go do it, which is it's not bad. I mean, it's not bad. The thing is is like they could have not knocked all of this off at all and it would have been 25 bucks a pop to move a character or race change a character and that would have been really annoying. So I'm glad that they put it on sale. I thought that was kind of a nice 100%. thing for them to do. 
Thirty percent is a pretty sizable discount. They actually did put one other thing on sale. Which was um, it? The complete world of the complete World of Warcraft and the World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth um, selections. You can buy the whole game, or oh. you can just buy um, Battle for Azeroth, and that's discounted thirty percent as well. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. So you, that's cool. If for some, if you've been holding out on playing Battle for Azeroth until you could be a dinosaur druid, and I don't judge, that makes sense to me. <laughs> but if you've been waiting, um, now here you here you go. Um, you're gonna have to come back to the game and level up to get them unlocked. But you know, hey, yeah, maybe, it looks like maybe... Battle for Azeroth has it has a forty percent discount, so it's twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, the World of Warcraft Complete con- Collection has a it's weird on my Battle.net thing. It's showing a 34% discount, which is strange. But it's been knocked down from $59.99 to $39. It's $20 off. It's $20 off on both of them. <laughs> so, pretty, it's pretty decent savings if you've been waiting on that. I think yeah. in general, I, I have seen some people complain about them doing this. To, to my mind, that's weird. Complaining that they, they lowered the price on these things is like... What they don't have to do anything. They could have just taken all the money. People are still gonna transfer. They're still gonna race change because yeah. it's the new hotness. People, of course, want to play it. You know? No, it's... I'm kind of glad that they decided to go ahead and you know give us a little bit of a sale while it was going on because you know there are people who have been waiting for these two allied races specifically for these two allied races, and now that they're here, it's like. Well, now you're going to make me spend more money? Okay, well, yeah, you have to spend more money if you want to race change. If you do want to race change, you will have to spend money. But it's not as much as it usually is. So, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I think that pretty much covers news for this week. I mean, at least it's it's a decent dip into it. Yeah, uh, keep in mind very... that there's still more Hearthstone shenanigans going on. Um, they They still haven't revealed everything that there is to reveal just yet as far as what's coming out with Hearthstone. But um, just if announced you a freaking expansion already. Come on. If you haven't been following if you haven't been following the Hearthstone Twitter, they keep re- releasing these little cinematic things with um the troll lady and she's talking to like different bosses from past expansions. Um, and it's kind of interesting. It's interesting to watch. I, I don't know exactly everything that's going on with Hearthstone right now. Um, I haven't had a chance to really dip into it and take a look at it. But yeah, if you're a Hearthstone player, you may want to go follow the Hearthstone Twitter and just kind of keep an eye on what's going on there. And as always, Overwatch League, week four from the first section, still going on. Not much like super major going on that I'm aware of. Didn't have a chance to check it out announce, this week. Yeah, the only thing to announce is that at this point, some teams are mathematically locked into the playoffs. Which um, is so, well, some... not not like the playoffs for the end of the no, no, second no. They, season. They've got a birth. It's got a birth yeah. For the mid stage. It, it's it's yeah. the playoffs for the first like quarter of of season two. That yeah, kind they'll of be thing. Do, they'll be doing this three times before yeah. they finally do the playoffs. Oh, and the other season. thing, the other thing I just want to mention, kind of offhand, is that the Shanghai Dragons beat the London Spitfire. What? What? I was very excited about that. Okay. Anyway, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, so we're going to move on to do emails. Uh, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch, uh, so we can know it's for this show and not for the other show we do, Lower Watch. Um, that's that's a different show. We're more than happy to get emails for that too, but um, shows emails can be about any Blizzard game, so if you want to ask a Diablo question, you want to ask an Overwatch question, you want to ask a Heroes of the Storm question, we will try and answer it. That, that is what we do here. Uh, Anne reads the emails for us, so if you don't mind, Anne. 
Okay, first email is from... Wow, I don't know how to pronounce that name. Either of them. Okay, so Sacre Mao of Everlook Investigations on Earth and Ring or Zonjundi? Zonjundi yeah. of the Righteous on Azdral Narub. Um, those are some really specific names and I like them. I just can't say them properly, probably. Anyway, uh, they said, you were talking about what eventually happens to the sword in Silithus, and it got me thinking about another mystical magical point on Azeroth, that both towers above this, that, okay, not the, that both towers above the surface and extends deep into the earth and whose origin is unknown, Karazhan. Might its manifestation be transformed from that of a sword into another mage tower? Oh, he's talking about Sargeras's sword being turned into a mage tower. Also, given that the sword is a physical manifestation of Titan power, could it contain a bit of the Titan himself, just as he left a piece of himself behind inside Edwin? Ooh, that second one is kind of an interesting point. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that you know. I mean, if a mage is powerful enough to like manage to defy everybody else in Azeroth and go claim that thing as a mage tower, maybe. Uh, Karazhan has a very different origin in that it doesn't have an origin as we understand it. it. It's it wasn't built, it wasn't made. It literally just came into existence. It like exploded, and there it was. And it's living. Karazhan is is out of time. It's displaced temporally. So it's sort of like when it was when it was when it first appeared is actually when it was destroyed. And then it's going for, it's like, it looks to us like it's progressing forward in time, but it's actually going backwards. It's like Merlin, if Merlin was It's an existing backwards. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's existing backwards. That's what's going on so with it. So at it's some weird. point in the future, Karazhan will be made. And when that happens, Karazhan won't exist anymore. Um, it, it, if you think about it, again, it's Merlin from, from so th one Do you think? Do you think Karazhan will be destroyed? And when it is destroyed, it's not going to be destroyed in like a big explosion or anything that, like that. It's going to be destroyed because people will take it apart brick by brick. <laughs> yeah, it will be. It'll be built. Like I, I mean, I can like it's just going to be dismantled saying, instead of yeah. put together. Now is the. Well, what's really weird is at some point in the past it got destroyed. Like that moment where it came into existence was its destruction. So there's some cataclysmic magical battle at the very beginning of, Ka of, of Karazhan that is actually its end. So we could go, there could always be a weird Caverns of Time dungeon where we go back in time to the, to the construction of, of Karazhan and we see it be destroyed because that's when it was destroyed. Can we just that... take a brief moment to talk for a moment about how I would very much like to see more Caverns of Time content? <laughs> I, I'm, I'll be up front with saying that this all makes me want to go read uh, The Last Guardian again. But yeah, um, oh, sure. I love, I love The Last Guardian. The I want to know. It's a really good book. I, I'm kind of upset that Jeff Grubb never wrote anything else because I really loved his book. I thought it was fantastic. Anyway. I mean, he, ha he has written other stuff. He just didn't write anything else. No, I mean, write more Warcraft stuff. Not. I mean, yeah, I know they, he's written other. He's written so much other stuff and he's a very good author. And you should go check out his stuff if you haven't. But. He hasn't written anything else for Warcraft. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know what happened there. Um, quite frankly, if I had like the money to, to buy Blizzard, I would because I'd be rich and I could do it. Um, but if I did, I'd definitely be like, why? Why don't we have Jeff Grubb doing things? Like, you know, I'm, I don't. But why? Why we got Christy? Why don't we have Christy and Jeff? I don't. Is there a reason we can't hire him too? I, I I'm just saying. But yeah, it's Karazhan's one of my favorite topics, so I feel like I'm getting sidetracked. Is the sword going to turn into a mage tower? I don't know. Maybe, I guess. Uh, but the second part of this question, I think that's one where we should get, start going. And I think you should start talking first because I've been talking for a while. 
whether or not the sword is a physical man- manifestation of Titan power. Does it have Sargeras in it? I'd like to say no, just because Sargeras was very violently hoovered away, in theory, before he could do anything like that. I think that him plunging the sword into the planet wasn't him trying to inhabit the planet so much as it was him trying to perform one last act of mercy and put Azeroth out of its misery before the old gods took it or took her. Um, And when I say one last act of mercy, I mean in his eyes, what he was doing was trying to destroy the thing before the void could take it. Because that was Sargeras' MO all along. That's why he formed the Burning Legion. He wanted to make sure that the Void couldn't take everything. Which technically yeah. kind of sort of put him on our side, but not because the whole his his whole his whole set of tactics for making sure that the Void couldn't take anything was to destroy everything. <laughs> if you destroy everything, there's nothing there for the Void to take. That's not so great for people that just want to exist. So... I mean, we were pitted against each other, but he had his own intentions, and those intentions were kind of good-ish. Well, I mean, you see it—you see it in Antorus when he's trying to like. Yeah. He's already broken Agrimar, and he's trying to break the others. So he wants the Pantheon back. He wants the life he had before he decided this was the only way. He just just wants wants them to agree with him. (laughs) Yeah, and if he has to kill them and then torture them for countless eons until their their wills break, he'll do it. Uh, Sargeras himself is broken. Like I think he broke himself. So, but we, we, I don't, I don't know if it contains a bit of the Titan himself. Like I, the thing he did to Eguin, that was a plan. Like he had that plan in mind. I don't think his plan was to put a bit of himself inside Azeroth. Uh, I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure he's trying to kill Azeroth either. The where the place he aimed that, not only was it very close to an old god, the heart chamber happens to be in Silithus. Yeah, I feel like. It's certainly possible he's trying to do what Anne said, because if he's trying to, you know, effectively destroy Azeroth's heart, that certainly would be one way to kill it. I mean, stabbing it through the heart is a pretty good yeah. way to make it cease to be. Yeah, that's that's certainly is the, a possibility. But I keep wondering, what if he's trying for something more along the lines of like a, like battlefield surgery? What if he's like the heart chamber is right on top of an old god? If this planet has any chance, I got to take that old god out. His you aim know, was a little a, off. Yeah, he'd be a little farther to the south where that stabbing big pyramid was at. You know, stabbing with that biggest sword, who knows? But I mean, there certainly is, I there certainly is absolutely a, a a very good case for he's trying to destroy the heart, like he was aiming for it. It certainly feels like that's what he was aiming for because the heart chamber is right there. Uh, it's so close to the sword strike that when you go into it, there's like azurite wounds everywhere. Um, one of the one of the maidens is is impaled on you know as as a right. Uh, so yeah, it's it's looking pretty rough. So yeah, I definitely think he was. It did feel less like it didn't feel like I'm going to like implant a part of myself and thus I will inhabit a host body, you know, born out of it. Azeroth itself. It felt like I'm going to kill you or I'm going to kill something. Yeah, it, it wasn't. Feel- it wasn't. I'm going to be one with the planet because why would he want to be one with something that is teetering on the brink of corruption? That's the yeah. farthest thing from what he wants. I think I think it was like I said, I think in his in his eyes as distorted as his vision is, it was an act of mercy. He was trying to put the planet out of its misery 
before that corruption corruption could I, I wouldn't say put it out of its misery i would say he was trying to save the rest of the universe by getting rid of this thing before the void could get to it and turn it against everything he didn't want the void titan to happen that that's the big thing is he didn't want the void titan to happen and in that moment where we pulled him away and we captured him on you know wherever the pantheon is at in the middle of nowhere in the universe that red dot that's in the sky that only that that's like the last lingering remnant wherever we pulled him to when we pulled him away in that moment yeah we got rid of Sargeras we stopped the burning legion woohoo go us but at the same time we also may have hand in hand doomed our planet and that's what we're dealing with right now kind of as a side deal thing that's another thing that's happening in 8.1.5 by the way if you haven't looked into it there's like a whole thing where you go to Nazmir and you help Magni and Bran Bronzebeard is there anyway so yeah there's more of that going on too so we're actually seeing some progression in that storyline which is great because uh, honestly, with the focus on the war and everything else that's been going on, I feel like that whole important, hey, our planet is dying thing has been kind of falling by the wayside a little bit. So, yeah, I think that's one of the things, too. Even Bane says, you know, the planet of the Earth Mother is dying and we're fighting. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, so Bane that, that knows. Bane, Bane understands it. Bane's like, look, there's something bigger going on here. Why aren't we paying attention to any of this? So, yeah. Um that's one of those things that's going on. Anyway, we should move on to a different email. I think we have time for one more. Do we? We yeah, have time for one sure. more. Uh, we'll take this one because it's quick. Uh, this one is from Tuckfin, who says, Hey, yeah, guys, Tuckfin here. I was wondering, will we ever get a new wave of World of Warcraft Funko Pop dolls? They seem to have forgotten about WoW and focused on Overwatch. It's been a long time since the first wave of WoW Pop dolls have been released. Thanks always, Tuck. I mean, I, I don't know of any, but I mean, they certainly could. Uh, there's plenty of stuff left to to do but i think they have done a lot of the ones you would want haven't they i, I don't know what funko pops they have for a while with them like I well, don't let's know if see illidan one yet or not i'm looking at my shelf <laughs> i have sylvanas i have thrall um there are they had a whole series that came out when the warcraft movie came out so i have like i mean i have garona and i have um duratown and i've got orgrim I think I've got a gold on around here somewhere too. Um, so they've done like a series of the Funko Pops that was specifically for the movie when the movie came out. They haven't done, to my knowledge, they haven't done a ton for World of Warcraft. They did like some of the notable figures. Like I said, I've got Sylvana sitting over there and Thrall's over there too. Um, You've got Arthas, right? Yeah, I've got Arthas. I forgot about Arthas. He's hiding behind a book. Anyway, so I've got Arthas. Uh, do I have Arthas? I think I have Arthas. I can't see him. I think he was one of the figures that came out, though. Um, I mean, they do have a lot more Overwatch ones than they have WoW ones. They do. But, they I mean, do. If you're feeling, I was looking at a, I'm looking at a thing from... This is from uh, a while back. This is from last year, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at a thing about... Um, there's, a, there's, like, there's a fair amount of Warcraft. There's a ton of Overwatch. There's one... There's two Diablo. There's Diablo and Tyrael. Uh, Starcraft has three. Um, Jim Rayner, Kerrigan, and I have Kerrigan. Diablo. I don't have Tyrael. Heroes of Storm only has demonic Tyrael. That's it for Heroes of Storm. But then again, it's kind of hard to. They're they're characters from other games. You know what I mean? It's kind of like if they got a Funko Pop, sure, it's from Heroes, whatever. Uh, I think Warcraft a lot movie, of it has to do with like general popularity too. Um, oh yeah, obviously. Yeah. Overwatch. Overwatch is one of those games that's you know a wide 
there's a wide age span of players that are playing it and it was ridiculously popular and super up there so people wanted like every bit of merchandise that they could get because there wasn't I mean there still isn't there's not a lot relatively speaking of Overwatch merchandise out there as compared to World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft has also been around since what, 2004? Two? Yeah. Well, the Warcraft setting goes even further back. So yeah, and 2004. Yeah, that's it, it, it goes it goes back beyond that because there was the RTS games before that. So Warcraft has already had like a ton of merch available. Overwatch not so much. So I mean yeah, they want to go ahead and work with Funko and get like the really popular characters out there and make sure that they're available. That being World said, of... however, I mean, WoW WoW has got like a lot of duplication. Like, there's a lot of Murlocs. Yeah, I'm looking at this. There's Murloc, Murloc Green, glow in the dark, Murloc Pink, blue and orange, three pack, Murloc Spectral, and Murloc White. I think I've got. So... I think I've got a zombie Murloc. Urgul. That might not be a Funko Pop. I'm not sure. Well, there's the Murghul, so you did. No, is a okay, kind of yeah, zombie one. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the one that I have. I was gonna say I have a zombie Murloc. <laughs> I also have the stuffed version of that. Um, anyway, uh, regardless, I think that a lot of that has to just do with like supply and demand. There's not a ton of Overwatch merch out there. Funko Pops are super popular, so well, why not go ahead and? There is now. At this there point, I think now. it's fair to say Overwatch has got a good chunk of. I don't know if they'll ever do any more. Um, certainly, there are characters who deserve a Funko Pop. Like I think J- there is no Jaina Funko Pop. That's no, kind of crazy. No, and I really, I, I kind of want a Jaina for myself. Like either the Warcraft Three version in the purple gear or current Jaina. I would, I would love to have like a current Jaina Proudmore model Funko Pop. Um, I can't find them very in very many places anymore. I'm not sure where they sell them in stores. Yeah, I've, I've the few that we've got. We used to buy at the. There's a local comic shop that carries them. See, I used to uh, get so. them from um, Hastings Book, Music, and Video, and they are gone. They're so gone. They're gone, gone. Um, all of actually, almost every single one of the movie Funko Pops that I got, um, they came from Hastings when Hastings was shutting down, and they had everything marked down on clearance. So I got my movie Funko Pops for like. I don't know. I think they were like two fifty a piece or something like that. <laughs> it was like it was like a deep, deep discount. I'm like, yeah, give me all of those, thanks. You know, so they're sitting on my shelf, and and I like them a lot, and I think they're great. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where you'd have to ask the merchandising department because we don't know, like we don't we don't know what they're thinking or anything. We can only like kind of guess and conjecture on that. Um, would I like to see some more Wow Funko Pops? Yeah, sure. There are characters that we never got. I would I would love to see a Jaina one. I would love to see, oh gosh, I would love a Funko Pop of Flynn Fairwind. I think that would be fantastic. There's a lot of characters they've introduced just to this expansion, like the Talanji. I was going to say, Talanji, I want a Talanji. You know. I want a Talanji Funko I want a Bomb Samdi Funko Pop. That'd be great. Do one of all of the Loa. That would be great. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that's the thing that hasn't happened. But yeah, I'm totally on board and I think that should all right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps us up for emails this week. We'll we'll carry those next, you know, into the next episode because that's what we do. Uh, but if you have an email, you know, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com, subject line podcast or blizzardwatch, so we can, you know, we can answer it, talk about all the stuff. You see, we'll talk about Funko Pops, guys. We will talk about anything. We we love to talk. It is not a problem. Uh, so, uh, Anne, you want to take us out? 
Yeah, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions of patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much. Uh, again, guys, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be here next week. 